Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to episode three of Kickoff Week, only on WMUA Sports, and this is our schedule breakdown show. I'm Kyle Miller, joined by Sean Oldred, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, because I know this show is supposed to come out Monday. We recorded it with the intention of coming out Monday, but Zoom wanted to make sure that when we recorded it, it recorded all of our video and um, none of our audio. So that's why these past two days you've been hearing that we've been talking about Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. But we all made it work. Um, we had a couple hours on Sunday that kind of stressed us out a little bit, but no worries. We're back. We're ready to go with the schedule breakdown show. But let's get it going. We looked at the Vegas odds. Over and under is two and a half. What me and Sean are going to do today is we're going to go through each of these games. We're going to say whether it's a win or a loss, and we're going to see if it's over or under. Sean, before we get too detailed, do you think this UMass team can get over two and a half wins? I do. I, I really do, and so does my DraftKings account. Um, I've I've locked that in. They're going to hit two and a half, more than two and a half wins this year. I think they get to three or four. Uh, I really, honestly, I really think this could be a four to five win team. I think two and a half is severely undercutting this team granted you know this is one of the nice things about re-recording this episode is the first time we recorded it week zero had not happened we hadn't seen UConn play UConn totally showed up against Utah State over the weekend they gave a really good performance um and I think if you're a UMass fan you should look at that and say that's exciting because UMass had a better offseason than UConn did you know truthfully I 100% believe that I think Don Brown's a better coach than Jim Mora is I think they brought in better players than UConn has. UConn had some better players there at the moment. Um, but that's a program that's on the same level as UMass right now. And to see what they did against the defending uh, West Coast Conference champs in Utah State, that's exciting. So um, UConn's definitely somebody I'll have a little bit of a different take on than I did um, from the first time we recorded this. Yeah. We're going to talk about UConn a little later on, but we're going to have to start with the first game of the schedule, which is Saturday. Get ready. Mark the calendars. Don Brown era 2.0 starts off at Tulane. And with Tulane, it's going to be the battle of the running backs. Ellis Merriweather versus Ty J. Spears. After recovering from an ACL injury last year, Spears ran for 863 yards on 129 carries, going for nine touchdowns. It was a running back from committee last season, but that was because Spears needed to take his time getting back from his injury. But with a full season under his belt, Spears is going to be dangerous. This is a team that finished 2-10 and 10 last year, but don't let that record fool you. They're looking to improve. Five of the top pass catchers are back, along with nine of the 11 starters on offense. Where this team lacks, however, is defense, where they were just flat-out terrible. They allowed 34 points and 428 yards a game. This is a game where... You wish it wasn't Amherst because I think it's a much different story. And you also wish it was later on the schedule because first game under the Don Brown era, as with any coach, there's going to be some miscommunications. There's going to be some errors. There's going to be growing pains. But Sean, looking at this matchup, who do you have coming away, Tulane or UMass? Yeah, I think growing pains is a good way to put it, Kyle. This Tulane team um, was not good last year. You mentioned they were 2-10. and 10. They really had weren't able to really figure it out on the defense side of the ball at all. A little bit on the offensive side as the season kind of came around, but they really struggled overall. What this Tulane team does have going for them is they have a lot of returners. You know, they had the majority of their team coming back on both sides of the ball, nine starters on offense. They've got seven coming back on defense, um, including their best player in Tajay Spears, 
who just to paint the picture for UMass fans here, Tajay Spears to close out last season against Memphis rushed for 264 yards and two touchdowns. This kid is really, really good. He just wasn't healthy for the majority of last year. So getting him back to full strength, he's somebody you definitely have to worry about. Um, this Tulane team is going to run the ball. That's what they're going to try and do. Michael Pratt is their quarterback. He's respectable. You know, he was okay last year, but nothing, you know, incredible, you know, to, or too special for UMass fans. Definitely not like some of the quarterbacks they played last year. So I think when you look at Tulane, it's all about stopping the run. This defensive line's really got to tighten up. Um, you know, you'll have a chance to see the Don Brown defense in full force early on. Um, and they're going to need to be good if they want to hold Tulane to not, you know, kind of blowing them out of the water. The defense, on the other hand, really, really bad. You know, and I think the number that shows this the best is when opponents got in the red zone last year, they scored touchdowns 46 of the 51 times they were in the red zone. That's a 90% red zone machine. Yeah. I mean, like Tulane's defense wasn't stopping anybody once they got in the red zone. So I think that's a a good sticking note is that Tulane defense has a lot of holes on it. A lot of question marks. I think for UMass, it's going to be important. They can run the ball. And for Tulane, it's going to be important that they can run the ball. So this could be, if you like, you know, seeing offenses spread out and sling the ball around, this probably isn't the game for you. But if you like watching hard, aggressive, um, tough football, this game's going to be one of the trenches for both teams. This is going to be bowling, shoe, ugly. But I have Tulane winning this one. Who do you got, Tulane or UMass? Yeah, I've also got Tulane winning this one. I think this game could be closer than I think Vegas has it at. Vegas has that line at 28 and a half right now. No way. UMass will not lose this game by 28 points or more. Um, they'll definitely cover there. I like this game to be, you know, probably close in the first half and maybe Tulane pulls away a little bit at the end. But I think this game will be competitive. It'll be a good stepping stone for UMass to kind of bounce off and push off for the rest of the season. So I got Tulane winning, winning as well. So both both of us got UMass going 0-1 as they traveled to Toledo. Played UMass last season. UMass absolutely got destroyed by Toledo. Toledo was a very good football team, though. They went 7-5 and five last season, but they were much more talented than their record. They had the best offense in the MAC last season. Daquan Finn is a quarterback to watch. Threw for 18 touchdowns, ran for nine more. Offensive line does have some question marks, though. This is something UMass can exploit, but where they make their money is the defense. They have one of the best defenses in the MAC. Outside linebacker Jamal Hines is a good reason why. The fifth year had 88 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and 10 sacks last season. Good for first team All-MAC. Toledo is a team that is fighting to win the MAC championship, and they're going to make sure that they get these wins down. They need to win these games in order to get that championship. Sean, Toledo probably is, outside of Texas A&M, their toughest test this season. Yeah, I would agree with that um, statement wholeheartedly. Toledo is a very, very good football team. The benefit of UMass playing Toledo when they do is Toledo goes to Ohio State the next week. Maybe you see them overlook UMass a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked. Obviously, you know, anytime somebody gets a chance to go into the horseshoe and knock off an Ohio State team that is going to probably make the college football playoff this year and is favorited to win the Big Ten, um, you know, that's exciting. But they've got UMass the week before. You mentioned this Toledo defense. They're really good. Jamal Hines is a three-time All-Max selection already um, going into his senior year. Uh, Deswan Johnson, somebody else I would point out, he's another linebacker for Toledo. 
He's really, really good too. Um, 146 tackles last year, nine and a half sacks and 30 and a half tackles for loss. That's a huge, huge number um, in TFLs. If we switch to the offense side of the ball, Daquan Finn's really talented. Um, I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to is my, I think my big question for Toledo. I'm not sure that the receivers are there, but Daquan Finn's insanely talented. He'll be one of the better quarterbacks at UMass plays this whole season. Um, so I'm looking forward to being able to watch how UMass kind of game plans for him. But this Toledo team is just too talented in the end, I think. I think they're going to be end up being one of the better group of five teams in the country this year. Um, so they do tend to underperform. I will say that's the one thing about Toledo and Jason Candle. I think that's the one um, critique that people would have on his coaching stint uh, at Toledo so far is he's got really talented teams, but they seem to come up short in some areas. So we'll see what they do against UMass. Maybe they overlook them a little bit, but I think this Toledo team is just probably a little more talented than this UMass team is. I've got them coming out with a win, um, you know, out there at the Glass Bowl. Yeah, I have Toledo winning as well, but it's going to be very interesting because this is the first of a lot of rematches that you're going to see from last season. And last year, Toledo beat UMass 45-7. to Now, if they can close that gap, even just a couple more touchdowns, it's just going to show that improvement that UMass fans have been looking for. As Kevin Stone said today, this is the team for the first time in a long time where they have expectations. They haven't had any expectations for a while, and this is the game where you need to prove that, hey, you guys have expectations for us for a reason. I'm not saying they're going to come in and win that game, but they got to put up a good showing. So moving on, we both got them at 0-2. Heading into their home opener against Stony Brook. Now, if you search up in the dictionary, must win, you're going to see a picture of this game. Home opener against an FCS team that's in a rebuild phase. 47 players on the Stony Brook roster are either true or redshirt freshmen. I mean, Sean, I think you're in agreement with me. This just has to be a win. There's no way that they can lose this game. Yeah, it, it has to be a win for so many reasons. If you're Don Brown, you have had this game circled for a while, not only because it's going to be your first game back in Amherst, but because this is the game where you set the tone with the fan base, because you get to play in front of your home crowd. You get to show what you can do. You get to be a little creative because Stony Brook is obviously a less talented team, just being in the FCS. Um, and Stony Brook's not a good FCS team either. They're not going to be good this year, um, you know, by their own standards. So they play in the CAA. Uh, Tyson Lawton's the running back. He's pretty good. Uh, he rushed for over a thousand yards last year. He'll be one of the better running backs in all of FCS football, but their quarterback is a redshirt senior who's attempted 14 passes in four years. Uh, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know. They've got no experience in the offensive side of the ball aside from their running backs. Their defense has question marks all over the field too. They've got a good defensive lineman in Tyler King, but that's about it. So this Stony Brook team is not a good FCS team. They're coming into UMass hopefully to lose. If you're UMass, if you're the guys in that locker room too, you lost to two FCS teams last year in URI and Maine. You know that can't happen again. If you're one of those captains, leaders on this team that, you know, Coach Brown mentioned earlier, if you're Ellis Merriweather or Josh Wallace or whoever the quarterback is going to be, you know you cannot lose to FCS opponents. You cannot lose to an FCS opponent this year again. So I think for all those reasons, UMass is not only going to win this game, but if they get the opportunity to, I think they're going to, you know, run up the score if they can. You got to show the talent level, the gap between FBS and FCS in this game. Yeah. I mean, I think we both got them one and two here. Quick update on the starting quarterback. Don Brown did say in media that 
There is a starting quarterback, but he's not going to tell us. So take take that info with what you will. But we got him at one and two going into a game at Temple. Temple three and nine last season with a new head coach and Stan Drayton. They don't have a lot of offensive weapons at all. Dewan Mathis is a very talented quarterback, but he's had to deal with injuries and a very poor offensive line. Drayton is known as a running back guru, but their lead back last season ran for just 330 yards. They have a serviceable defense, very good pass defense, but poor run defense. So this just smells. I got the scent of an Ellis Merriweather game. This is a game where he can go off, plays right in the UMass's hand, what they want to do. Sean, I think this is where we're going to start to have a little bit of debate here, but who do you have? Yeah, so Temple Temple is an interesting um, opponent for the Minutemen. Obviously, there's a little bit of a rivalry there, maybe more between the fan bases than there are for the actual teams on the uh, that old A-10 matchup. Um, but Stan Drayton's the new head coach there. Temple is a program that's really interesting because they go through all these ups and downs and they've seemed to survive it. Um, so Matt Rule turned around Temple. You know, Al Golden turned around Temple. Manny Diaz did. Steve Adazio did it. All these guys were successful in turning the Temple program around and then leaving and going and getting Power 5 jobs. So I think Temple definitely can be turned around. I just don't think they're going to be very good this year. Dewan Mathis, like you mentioned, he's a Georgia transfer. Um, he's got a lot of talent, um, but he's kind of had a lot of injuries during his time in college. Their offense will kind of revolve around him. However good he is is how good that offense is going to be. The pass defense you mentioned is the strong point of this defense. They can't stop the run at all. They couldn't do it last year, and you know I don't think that that's going to change this year. You mentioned Ellis Merriweather having a big game in this game. I think that's spot on. Not only Merriweather, the other guys in the running back room, too, the Greg DeRosiers of the world. Uh, these are guys that are going to have big games, hopefully against Temple. Game is in Philadelphia at the link, um, but I do think I think UMass goes in there. I think this is the first staple win of Don Brown's career is going in and beating Temple on the road. I don't know when the last time UMass won on the road was. Um, it's been a long time. So, you know, I think that's kind of the first uh, first of many road wins for Don Brown. If I'm not mistaken, the first time we recorded this, now on the lost file, as we call it, you had UMass losing this game. What changed in, in that time period? I think I looked at Temple a little bit more coming into this, and I'm just not convinced that they have a whole lot of talent. They went 3-9 and nine last year, which is obviously better than UMass's record from last year, but I... I just don't see it. I don't think Stan Drayton injected that type of energy that somebody like Don Brown or Jim Mora did into their program. I don't think Temple fans are, you know, psyched that Stan Drayton's in there. And I don't know if Temple players are either. So I think it's going to take longer for guys to buy into his his game plan, his type of offense, his type of defense. Um, so for that reason, I did switch my pick here. I'm going with UMass going down to Temple and getting a win. So I had UMass last time. I'm going to keep UMass this time. We both got him at two and two. I like it. Temple and UMass switching out hardwood for helmets here, going from basketball to football. And they're both, and they're one win away from covering, but they move on with the road trip continues at Eastern Michigan. Second rematch of the season. UMass lost that game last year in McGurk. The difference is now that they don't have Ben Bryant, the quarterback, as he transferred to Cincinnati. The quarterback is still a huge question mark for this team. 
Whoever the quarterback is, they still have a song they doing at the wide receiver so they could throw up to him. This is a poor defense that has improved slightly. This game is going to be very close. I think this is one of those games that go down to the wire, but I do have Eastern Michigan pulling out this game, especially after that Temple game, which I think is going to be a very big win. I think not only just for the program itself, emotionally for all the fan bases, it's hard to come off that kind of high emotion win to follow that up. You see it in the NFL, college, high school, whatever program it is. But Sean, who do you have coming out on top? Yeah. I mean, it's the hangover effect that, you know, is talked about a lot in the NFL. I think definitely could see it here. Eastern Michigan's a talented football team too. Their offense averaged 30 points and 381 yards per game last year. Um, You know, you mentioned, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them. There's a bunch of quarterbacks there. I'm not sure. I don't think they've named a starting quarterback at the moment, but what makes a difference for me is Eastern Michigan has multiple all max selections on the offensive line that are returning. This offensive line is really, really good. Um, and they've got a lot of experience, a lot of guys coming back four of the five starters from last year returning and the defense, not good for Eastern Michigan, but also I think they'll be a little bit better than they were last year. Um, so they got some help um, up front and from the linebacker core from the transfer portal. Their secondary was not good last year. They definitely need to be better. Um, but I do think Eastern Michigan just has more talent here. And, you know, if UMass is coming off that win against Temple, I think it's tough to go back on the road and get another win against another good opponent in Eastern Michigan. So they didn't cash yet. They haven't cashed that over yet. But they move on to their next home game against Liberty. UMass got smacked last season by Liberty, 62-17. to Thankfully, there's no more Malik Willis for the Flames. UMass is going to breathe a sigh of relief because of that. They brought in Charlie Brewer, a veteran college QB. He's had since a Baylor in Utah, but he's just not Malik Willis. You can't replace that much production, but their defensive line is legit. Tyshawn Clark and Terrell Johnson. Those are two pass rushers that make their opposing QBs sleep with a nightlight. Even though Malik Willis isn't there, there's just going to be too much talent for UMass to handle. Liberty, I have getting the win here. Sean, you agree with me? Yeah, Liberty went 8-5 and five last year. They're a really good team. They're talented pretty much all over the place. Charlie Brewer, you mentioned, has big shoes to fill. You know, Malik Willis did everything for that offense last year. So it's not only Charlie Brewer that's got big shoes to fill. It's the rest of the offense who's all going to step up to replace the production of Malik Willis. The defense is really, really good. Hugh Freeze, a really good football coach, you know, whether you like him or not, you know, he comes in through the transfer portal. He brings all these guys in like every single year and all of a sudden like Liberty's good again. Um, So I think just that difference is knowing that, you know, Hugh Freeze probably brought in a bunch of new transfers here um, who will end up making names for themselves throughout the year. He's done it kind of time and time and over again at Liberty over the last few years. That Liberty program, he's got them on track. So you know, I do think that Liberty probably comes out on top in this game, but, um, you know, I think the Minutemen probably stay more competitive than they were last year. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a lot more competitive than last year, but UMass fans who aren't Amherst, if there's a game that you want to make a trip out to, this is the one, I think this is the most talented team that's going to go through McGurk out of all the teams who are coming in, but they're at two and four right now going up against Buffalo, Buffalo. Four and eight record last season. Offense is solid, but they have lost some key players. Matt Myers is a good running quarterback, but not a huge deep ball threat. Quion Williams is back a wide receiver. He caught 63 passes for the Bulls last season. This is the same kind of 
at defense, it's the same type of thing as Temple. They have a really good pass defense, but they're just okay at stopping the run. Linebacker James Patterson, though, one of the best players of the MAC. This is another thing that screams an Ellis Merriweather dominant game. This was the one I had the most debate at going back and forth because Buffalo is a very talented team. They've improved. I know their record says four and eight, but they're a team that's better than their record. But if you're a Don Brown, you're looking that you're looking at this as saying, hey, this is how where we tell people in the national media, regional, that we are here, that UMass football is taking the steps that is needed to go back to prominence as a program. So with that said, people, with your bets, I cash them out now. I got UMass winning in the over, hitting on this game. Sean, do you agree with me here? I think this is where our lists start to differ here. Buffalo, you mentioned, was 4-8 and eight last year. They got better in the offseason. The offense was good last year. You know, They didn't win a whole lot of games, but they averaged over 400 yards per game, which is impressive by any standard. Matt Myers is pretty good. I think, you know, he needs to work on, you know, getting the ball in the air. And, you know, Buffalo really struggled with gaining, like, chunk plays last year. They struggled to have big plays. It was a lot of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, you could say, um, which was very, very consistent for the whole season. Obviously, they averaged 400 yards per game. Um, but the defense is the strength of this team. They've got a good defense. James Patterson's an NFL prospect, I think. You mentioned him already. Um, this defense is going to be, I think, one of the better ones in the MAC that they face. I'm just not sold UMass is going to come out and win this game. Um, totally. The game is at home. It's family weekend. Hopefully that brings some extra juice, but I'm just not sold that I have seen, you know, enough from UMass to see that they win this game, but you know, we never know. Hopefully they do. We'll be, uh, we'll be on the call for that game. You know, the game's at home, 91.1 WMUA. You can tune into all the football games this year at home. Um, and hopefully a few away games, you know, Texas A&M, UConn, definitely. Hopefully we'll try and get to a few more if we can. But that takes us into the bye and then to New Mexico State. Yeah, well, I just want to say that if you have my schedule, you're going to be making a lot of money right now. You're going to be doing your dancing. But Sean's Sean's schedule, you're going to be a little sad for just, just a couple more weeks. But I digress. We move on to New Mexico State. New Mexico State won 44 to 27 last season, but this is a very different team. Players leaving through the transfer portal, looking at a very inexperienced group offensively. Their quarterback, Jonah Johnson, their top running back, Juwan Price, and two of their top wide receivers, Isaiah Garcia, Casanata, and Terrell Warner, are now gone. Their defense is returning more guys, but they still need to improve. Average 40 points given up and 489 yards per game. This was a game where I had UMass winning either way. But the fact that this is at home, this is another game that is must win. Now, it's not on the same level as Stony Brook is, but if you have a team like that, very inexperienced, lost a lot of their top guys going across the country to play, that's just that's just a recipe for disaster for the New Mexico side. I mean, you saw it last year. That was a game where if that game was in Amherst, I think there's a very different outcome in that game. But I have UMass winning this game. Sean, are you in agreement with me? Do you have your bets cash? I also have the minimum winning this game. You know, New Mexico State is a team that lost a lot of the talent had last year, and they didn't have very much talent to lose in the first place. So they went two and ten last year. One of those wins coming against the Minutemen. They got a new head coach and Jerry Kill. 
I mean, anybody who's looked at Kill's track record, they're going to run the football. So this is a game, again, the defensive line and the linebackers need to come up big in. They need to play well. But I agree with you. If this game was in Amherst last year, I think it's completely different. UMass stuck in that game until the fourth quarter, and then they let it get away from them. But New Mexico State's a team that if you're down Brown, I think you got to win this game. I think it's one. you got to win another game at home, I think. So taking this one is big for the Minutemen. I think it's big for Don Brown. And I just think this New Mexico State team it is lackluster in a lot of ways. Um, and I think a lot of the other you know media outlets and preseason predictions would agree with me that this team is, is not very good. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I've got the Minutemen getting their third win here. You know, cashing all those bets, you know, breaking the two and a half wins right here. So exciting stuff, I think, for UMass. Uh, you know, hopefully kind of in this stretch when they hit Buffalo, New Mexico State, UConn, and Arkansas State. So now WMUA Sports can officially lock in that UMass will have over two and a half wins this season. Now we're not telling you to go bet. We can't we can't say that. We can't have Fled say it, but if you like to make some money. You want to have a little bit of pocket going into the NFL season. I think this is a good one that you want to have. But moving on, UConn at UConn. UMass got their lone win of the season last year against UConn 27-13. Both schools are in the same spot. A new coach in their first year trying to raise up their programs. UConn held their road against Utah State that we said before. But Taquan Robinson, starting quarterback, suffered a season-ending torn ACL, an absolutely devastating injury. You hate to see it happen to a player. But they're returning some key offensive players outside of Robinson, but the old line is still a work in progress. The defensive side, still returning most of their players. But again, they're still going to struggle. They're still going to go through these growing pains. This game, I think, was going to be a very good game no matter what. But without Robinson, I think this is looking more and more like a must-win game for the Minutemen. Sean, do you agree with me? I do agree with you. This is a game that I think... I mentioned it earlier. UConn and UMass are on the same level right now on where they are at in their programs. They both hired new coaches, Jim Mora versus Don Brown. You know, obviously they're the flagship universities for both their states, which border each other. This is a rivalry brewing right here. I mean, this is obviously, I think it's UMass's biggest rival. I would agree. I would argue that it's UConn's biggest rival as well in football. I think this game will generate a lot of buzz, not only regionally, but in the national media as well, because these two programs are on such an even playing field, it seems like. But you mentioned, you know, obviously Taquan Robinson going down is huge for this UConn team. I think this UConn team was going to be pretty good. Without Robinson, it hurts. So they're going to struggle to move the ball in the air. I don't know much about Zion Turner, who's their backup quarterback. He is a true freshman. He saw time and he played respectably. He was 12 for 31 against Utah State. He did throw two picks, but he also threw a touchdown. So I don't know what to make of him just yet, but I do know that Nathan Carter, their top running back, is legit. He rushed for almost 200 yards against Utah State. He was really good against UMass last year. He was really good just in general for most of the last season. He's somebody who's very, very talented. I think this is going to be a matchup of two running backs, and I think whoever rushes for more yards ends up winning this game probably. I just think Ellis Merriweather's one of the best backs in the country. So I think it's going to be him. I think UMass goes in, they go down to stores. They win this game. It's a huge win for the program. Get the fourth win on the season and also beat your biggest rival. I think this is probably the biggest win of the year for the Minutemen. So I have the winning this game as well. And with that, I have them 
at a winning record so far through this year that if you were to tell somebody a year ago that, hey, UMass would have a winning record, I think they'd probably laugh in your face. But this is the reality that they're viewing in this year. This is how much better they have gotten. This is why that we have put so much hype around this UMass program throughout the year, throughout the spring practices and going into our kickoff week. But let's see if they can keep it going at Arkansas State the next week. Went 2-10 and 10 under first-year coach Butch Jones. They have a very off. They have a very solid offense despite the record. Former Florida State quarterback James Blackman, a name that if I didn't go and look this up, I didn't think he was still in the college football game. I didn't know where he was, but he was really good last season before a shoulder injury hurt him. Running game needs some serious work as a group ran for under 1,000 yards total. They were the worst run defense in college football last season. They have gone to the transfer portal to improve on a much-needed flaw, and with that, they got Tennessee transfer Kavon Bennett, who's going to be a potential disruptor throughout this entire game. But this is a, one of those toss-ups, but you got to look at the other side. We talk about how there's been must-win games for the UMass Minutemen. This is a must-win game for Arkansas State, for Butch Jones. If you lose to this team, if you lose to a UMass team where, let's be honest, in the national media, they're not really looked great upon. If you lose to this game, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of criticism, a lot more pressure is going to grow on Jones' tenure as a head coach. So this is a must-win game. Especially on the road, I have Arkansas State taking this. Sean, who do you have? Yeah, I've also got Arkansas State taking this game. I think if this game is in Amherst, it's maybe a different story. But I think this is a game where Butch Jones is, you know, really, really does not want UMass to go in and upset Arkansas State. Uh, you mentioned Kavon Bennett, really, really good player. James Blackman was also solid before he got hurt last year. Uh, Tavalence Hunt is somebody I think you should circle. He's a receiver. For them, he had 758 yards last year, about 15 yards per catch, which is, you know, pretty outrageous. Um, six touchdowns. He's legit. I just think that Arkansas State has a good enough offense probably to just score more points than UMass does on this given day. Um, so we'll see what happens when UMass goes down there. But I just think Arkansas State's got a little more talent. I think Butch Jones is in his second year. I think maybe you see that program, you know, start to – turn the tide a little bit. Um, but I think this one probably a really competitive game, but I just think that Arkansas state probably ends up taking this one. After Arkansas state, UMass travels to Texas A&M. It's a money game. There's no other way to put it. Texas A&M is currently ranked six in the country. You can make the argument. Iron sharpens iron. It's a great opportunity for the Minutemen, but Texas A&M is going to win this game. Simple as that. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M is going to win this game. Um, Texas A&M is a team that's not only going to uh, compete in the SEC West, but they're going to compete for a national title this year. I think that's that's the thing that's missing from Jimbo Fisher's reign um, with the Aggies so far. So they're really, really talented. They've got a bunch. <laughs> they have the top-rated recruiting class coming in this year. Um, you know, they can score with the best of them. They averaged almost 400 yards per game last year, um, which wasn't even good enough for the SEC. But I think they're going to be much better this year. You know, there's been a quarterback battle going on there between um, Max Johnson and Hayes King. Hayes King winning the starting job. I mean, it's a money game. Like you said, This there's not much to look forward to, I think, if you're a Minuteman fan. If you're a Minuteman fan, you should try and get down there, I think. I think Kyle and I will make the trip down there to College Station this year. There's only so many times you get to see your favorite college football team play in an environment like Texas A&M. It's one of the best in all college football. 
um the 12th man is absolutely insane so if anything it's a cool location game it'll be a lot of fun i think to go down there and who knows you know maybe the minutemen shock the world maybe they pull off the appalachian state uh michigan you know maybe uh, that's all i can say you know you never know what's going to happen in these games but AM obviously one of the best teams in college football this year. They're stacked. Not only do I like them to make the college football playoff, but I really think they're a national championship contender this year. Yeah. If you're a UMass fan, you're just looking to not have a repeat of Florida State last year. You want them to score a tough couple touchdowns, be competitive, and not just get ran over. But hey, you never know. I mean, if they were to win that game, I'd say probably top three upsets in college football history. I mean, I would agree with maybe a little bit higher. 131st in a lot of people, top five for some. Um, so it's going to be definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. But hey, you know, you never know. David and Goliath, you know, Appalachian State, Michigan, you know, go through all the great upsets. If you're Don Brown, toss on the tape of those games and, you know, see what happens. After Texas A&M, the final game of the year at home at McGurk against Army. Army ran over UMass literally last season, 33-17. You know Army is going to run it down your throats. They finished second in the country in rushing yards per game. Not only that, their defensive end, Andre Carter, returns 14 and a half sacks last season. I mean, he's a candidate to play at the second level, the next level. Probably one of the best players that UMass will play against. I have Army taking this one, but this is a very close game. This is a game where UMass can keep it very close, not only just because of their talent, because of the the type of offense that Army has. They have a run. They have that run grinded out style, and that doesn't always mean a blowout. Frankly, it means the opposite. It means teams can stay into the game, and all it takes is a few plays to get it very close. But with that said, I still have Army. Sean, who do you got in the season finale of UMass football? Yeah. Uh, I've also got Army in this game, but I do think it'll be much closer than it was last year. You know, the triple option is certainly, you know, an interesting offense that's um, difficult to stop if you're not prepared for it. I think UMass, you know, has seen this Army offense before. A lot of these guys, I think that gives them a better chance to win this game than they did last year. Obviously, the game's also in Amherst. It's senior day, the last game of the season. There's a lot of extra juice going into this game as well. Um, but the Black Knights are really, really talented. All around the ball. He mentioned Andre Carter, definitely an NFL prospect without a doubt. Um, so this Army team has more talent than this UMass team does. Granted, UMass stuck in this game for, you know, three quarters last year. Again, Army just kind of pulled away right during the first fourth quarter. But I really think that UMass team shows a lot of improvement. And I think this is a game where they could give Army a scare and uh, and definitely make it competitive and interesting. But Army's got a lot of experience, and Jeff Munkin's a really, really good football coach. I don't think that can be understated either. Um, what a good job he's done with that program. So I've got Army winning this one um, to close out the season. But obviously, if you're a Minuteman fan, this would close out a very successful season for UMass. Yeah, I got them at 5-7. and seven. And when we were looking at this schedule, we were saying, what is their floor and what is their ceiling? For me, the floor was 2-10. and 10. But with but with Robinson's injury, it's got to go up to three and nine now. But their ceiling, it is a bowl game. It is six and six. And when you look at this schedule, there's a lot of games where, hey, it can go either way. It can go into the favor of the Minutemen. And that is the biggest difference from last year. There's just going to be so much more of that competitiveness because there were so many games last year where you're like, 
oh, okay, we just got to make sure it's competitive. We just want to see him stay in it. No, this is a year where, hey, we have a chance to win virtually every game that they're in, bar Texas A&M, maybe Liberty, but Liberty at home, I mean, anything can happen. Sean, I mean, this is a team where they're going to defy a lot of expectations. Yeah, anything's possible for this UMass team. You know, we were in media today, and Josh Wallace said that's the goal. A bowl game is the goal here, um, and they want to shock the world. So, you know, I think that's their ceiling, like you mentioned. Six and six uh, is their ceiling. Whether they make a bowl game or not at six and six, you know, who knows? Obviously, some years there's a few teams that do get snubbed there, and one of their wins being against an FCS opponent, you never know. But this... This program, it's a huge year for this program for so many reasons, but I really think you see a monumental step forward here. You know, when you compare the first year of Don Brown to the first year of Walt Bell or the second year of Walt Bell or any years with Walt Bell. Or just Walt Bell. Yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge improvement. Minutemen fans everywhere should be excited about this season. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of good players. There's a lot of just excitement around the program for the first time in a long time, which, you know, I think UMass will kind of start to generate that buzz, not only regionally, but, you know, in those national circles as well as, hey, look what Don Brown's doing down there. Um, he's doing a really good job. So hopefully we see this this big step forward like you and I are both projecting. Um, and, I mean, I'm psyched for Saturday. I can't wait to see this team get out on the field for the first time. Uh, I think this team is going to shock a lot of people with, how far improved they are from last year. Yeah. I mean, hey, they're in the tour, they're in the territory of a bowl game. But if you want to take away one thing from this from this show, from this kickoff week, hammer UMass over two and a half. We I am certain of it. I am so confident in that. And Sean, I know you are too, but get your betting slips, send them to us. We're not gonna, we're not gonna front you the money. We're not gonna stake you the money, but hey, if you want to make money, this is what you do. As the finals, as the final say of this show, Sean's got him at four and eight. I got him at five and seven. Either way, this season is going to be fun to watch. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode as well as kickoff week. We got our preseason predictions coming out tomorrow, as well as our game breakdown of Tulane. Right after that, we got the start of the Don Brown era. So as always, take it easy.